0: Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: I'm Wong Ning, and this is Ringgit and Sense. BFM just celebrated its 15th birthday and as part of celebrations and keeping to the theme, we asked what are the 15 things that every investor should know, especially retailers out there. And to help us answer that, Founder and Chief Research Officer of Trident Analytics and author of the book, What I Learned as an Analyst Peter Lim joins us. Thank you for joining us uh, this morning and a small, I think, declaration. We were once colleagues many moons ago when we were both fund managers. So really, what's the first thing I should do if I want to start that journey? Is it in determining my investment goals and also my risk appetite? Are those the two most important things? I think the first thing is really, you know, you must have the mindset that you must be willing to take losses.
0: If you are not willing to take losses, you want a sure win method, then, Definitely, FD is a much safer bet. <laughs> then
1: how do I go about determining my, my risk appetite? So you give us that very good warning that nothing's guaranteed in the world of investments, right? Except for maybe fixed deposit. And even then, there's always the, there's a bit of risk because you, you put money in the bank, that bank might go bust. But there's yeah. a very, very minor risk. But what's the first thing I should do when I consider my own risk appetite. How do I go about determining what it is? Or oh, like a number? Is it a number? Is it an attitude? It's really an
0: attitude. There's no absolute number. You really have to look at yourself for instance, mm. right? You must really imagine a scenario. What what if today suddenly my portfolio lost 5%? Are, are you comfortable with it? Or are you, will you start jumping? And So if you're those type where even a 5% drop in your portfolio, you start jumping around, then definitely you, you have absolutely no risk appetite.
1: Okay, so it, it's not even about how much money you put in. It's just how you feel Correct. about losing money. Correct. If let's say you know that then, what investments are suitable for you? Like, okay, so we'll have three scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. What if I'm the jumpy kind? I lose, I lose ten percent of the investment, mm-hmm. and I I can't sleep. What should I buy then? Fixed deposits. <laughs> are my options so limited? <laughs> it
0: is because if you think about it, other than your usual money market funds and your fixed, your fixed deposits, there, there's really no, no other assets or okay. no other investment that only goes up and never comes down.
1: Okay, let's say I can lose 20-30% and still feel okay because I tell myself, this is for the long term, it'll all work mm-hmm. out and I can manage that. What then is, what should I then consider? Then
0: yeah, Definitely, there's, a, there's a quite a lot of options for you. Among Of, of course, there's equities, mm. right? There's also, you know, um, some more private uh, private equities funds, uh, venture capital funds per se, which have a longer tenure and no no guaranteed return per se, right? Then yeah. If if you have that risk appetite, definitely the investment options will really opens up.
1: Let's say I'm ready. All right, yeah. I'm brave enough. Mm. I, I know my <laughs> risk appetite. <laughs> Like you say, I'm prepared to lose money. What should my journey be like? Should it start with a little bit of financial literacy to find out what's available? Because, you know, sadly, even though financial literacy is so important, it's never taught in schools. So what's, what's a good start for me? How do I know more and know the right things rather than rely on sometimes false profits I call them Pro- false <laughs> investment profits who are available on the internet who, who say things like guarantee give you the five stocks that will make you money I mean you don't want to read those you don't want to go into those websites right
0: yeah yeah I, I think the, the first thing you need to do is like, well, I totally agree with you Showning, that that you know, financial literacy is very important so you must study that investment vehicle meaning to say if you want to go into equities you must first understand what actually are equities you know, how mm-hmm. does it actually work how do you buy them how do you sell them If you're not going to unit trust again you must understand how unit trust actually works etc Right so so that's where it really depending on what you want to invest in and then first thing you must do at least understand how it works.
1: Okay and then what are the which goes back to what are the reliable sources of information because the problem is nowadays nowadays mm. there's just so much out there. Mm. How do you determine this is worthy of reading and this is honestly you know n- not even accurate not even true. Okay if you talk about in that
0: case Basically, there's not much news flow on unit trust. So, mm. that's basically quite that, that rule. So, you're dealing mainly with equities, right? Mm. Um, I always tell investors, that I think the last thing they want to read is blogs. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, well, th- th- markets, thousands of people have thousands of opinions and sometimes you don't really know whether how, how true are the other source of opinion is. Um, if, if you read, the common question I get is, you know, what, what should I invest? Unit trust or equities, right? Mm. So, my, my standard answer is, how much effort are you willing to put in? If you are those who are, you know I don't want to do any homework, I don't want to do any reading, annual reports, I don't want to do any studies, then of course it better stay if you need trust. But if you are those who are willing to commit every a, a little time of your day to study annual reports, you no know, read about global news, read about industry, then yes, you no know, equities will be suitable for you.
1: Okay, this is an interesting point, right? So equities is a bit more hard work, yes. and I like your point about the fact that it's not just reading these blogs, but having a certain worldview about what's happening mm. around you, because I think people. Sometimes aren't so clear on the interconnectivity between global events, local events, politics, mm. and why a stock and an economy is doing well or not doing well. Right? Mm. Yep. Is that underestimated? It is. It is. Right. I think a lot of people just think have very narrow mind view of, uh, very narrow view
0: about about equity investments. Right. Mm. Um, they don't see that you no know, businesses are interconnected, economies are interconnected. Right. Yet even. We talk about raw materials, prices, etc., commodities, they're all interconnected. Right? Yeah. So as, what's happening in the US, what's happening in, in even South Africa, to a large extent, will have impact
1: on on the local markets. I think a classic example of this is during the war in Ukraine, right? Yes. Before we knew it, wheat prices were all-time high and then fertiliser was all-time high. And didn't we didn't know that one of the key components of fertiliser comes a lot from Ukraine or Ukraine was the breadbasket of the world. And then we mm. suddenly felt... Wow, everything's gone up in our supermarket. So that's yeah. the interconnectivity that we don't always see. Yes, And I think only through reading yes. and an awareness will that happen, isn't it? Yes. But okay, so let's say I only want to buy funds. So I'll come back to that. We've mm. kind of made the decision where, you know, if you're prepared for the hard work, consider equities. But if you're not and you want to just stick in the fund universe, because that's okay too. Yes. Leave it to the professionals. Is fees the thing that you should pay attention to? Other than mandate. Okay, so you you know, there's of course different types of funds, but fees, I think that's something sometimes fund managers don't want you to know about, but we know that's how they make their money. There's
0: two sides of it, right? I mean, if you look mm. at on one hand, I think Malaysia is really one of the last few countries in the world that still have... Uh, relatively higher fees for especially
1: front end loads. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you say that
1: uh? We're not going to be very popular today, with, but that's the truth. You need to be aware of front end loads, right?
0: Yes, 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 yes. Uh, before you make any money, actually, you have to pay some commissions to them, right? But but on the other hand, the other the other school of thoughts is that well, you may have front front end load of three percent, but mm. in the end, if this fund actually can delivers it ten to fifteen percent net-off, net you're still okay. Right?
1: Provided the fund manager delivers. And provided that Yes, <laughs> yes. Because there's also an annual management fee Yes, for all types of funds. Correct. And uh, would I be correct to say, usually uh, money market, fixed income, exchange-traded funds have lower fees yes. versus, let's say, those funds which are very actively managed. Yes. Am I correct? And you're I right, think right. the range comes, it, it could be a very wide range between, what, 0.1 all yes. the way to 1.7 I've seen. Even two. Even two. Even two. But even within funds, how important is it for you to practice always diversification?
0: Uh, That's a very good question. (laughs) Well, uh, my my view has always been this. um, If you know what you're doing, then you better concentrate. If you don't know what you're doing, Ooh, you better this diversify. this is
1: quite an unpopular, uh, not the normal uh, recommendation or advice given. It is. Okay, <laughs> justify this to me though. Caveat, I want to put a caveat out there. It's not for everybody to have a concentrated investment though. It, it is not. Okay,
0: let me, let me put it this way. If, if, if you've done really a homework, if you really know the company really well, not, not to say 100%, it's impossible. But say if you've got a 65% to 70% certainty, right, that you know the company inside out, you've done okay, all so this is,
1: this is Okay, so this is reply, applies for funds and also stocks of uh, the lack of diversification of the concentration.
0: Stocks, more of the stocks. Stocks oh, okay, first. On oh, no, your okay. personal portfolio. all right, let's say it's for stocks, yes. Right, for real investors in the US, be able to ask this question right, as a personal investor or mm. how, how how many stocks do I need in my portfolio? Yeah. So my answer is really how well do you know what you're buying? If you know what you're buying you've done your homework you've done the whole value chain analysis you visit companies frequently you know what's
1: but happening. not everybody if your retailer has access to that information exactly. or access to the company and does this for a living 24-7 right so yes, then yes, yes.
0: so if you're, if you're not on that category yes. then please diversify
1: at the end of the day if you're a retail investor and you're not doing this professionally diversification yes. does pay off right it does. It does. so diversify your portfolio be it stocks would you say diversify maybe even between funds I guess that that's mm. just common sense approach towards investing right yes yes, yes. okay which then I, I want to ask if you're ready for um, funds I want to go back to funds mm. what about all this general advice like dollar cost averaging and whole for the long term is it all true
0: okay the whole concept of dollar cost averaging means to say keep being presence in the market. Yes, because so, so
1: com- you don't want to time investments, right? Correct. That's one of the mantras that we have been told. You Correct. can't time it.
0: That, that I totally agree. But then you see, on, on the other hand, we must come to a point where you must also know what your dollar cost averaging about. Mm. You know, it could be a fund that is continuously underperforming, then you <laughs> dollar averaging cost down all the way. Yeah, it, yeah. it may not work.
1: Yes, yes. So this has to be ultimately a good investment before you practice dollar cost averaging. If it's a bad investment, please don't. Don't, don't. <laughs> then maybe just time to redeem it, right? Yes. At some point, make that Decision, you you don't keep pouring bad money after you know good money after bad. Yes. I think that's a point, right? Yes. Uh, and then holding for the long term. What's what's long term?
0: Okay, that is a very good question. I think long term is only one part of the equation. I think investors must look at there is two but two two parts of this that you must understand. What is your targeted return and mm-hmm. what is your investment horizon? Okay, now I give you an example. Assuming that I invest in this fund or invest in this stock. Okay, my my target horizon is two years and I expect to make 50% in two years. So I got these two parameters, 50% return and two years.
1: Wow, I want to buy that fund too, but never mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What what if six months down the road, you have hit the 50% return?
1: Well, if you're disciplined, you're supposed to sell. You're supposed to sell, but you're
0: you're not going to tell me that, oh, because I target two years although I make 50% return, let me hold on until ah. one and a half years, right? It, it so, doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah,
1: so the return priority comes first Correct. before the, the duration. Yes.
0: But say when I invest, right? I invest, I say our three-year time horizon, but what they eliminate is they didn't have that expected return in the next three years.
1: So always have that goal. I think that's very important. Yeah. On Ring In Sense today is the founder and chief research officer of Trident Analytics and author of the book What I Learned as an Analyst Peter Lim. After the break, Buying Stocks and What You Need to Know, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9 and welcome back to Ringgit and Sense where I'm speaking to the founder and chief research officer of Trident Analytics and author of the book What I Learned as an Analyst, Peter Lynn. Before the break, we were discussing some very practical tips before you even begin your investment journey. Peter, let's spend some time on equity investing. Mm-hmm. The, your your favourite topic. This is really a one-on-one, okay? So the first step, people need to know this. Mm-hmm. They need to open a brokerage account, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because some people go, how do I even begin? Like, that day, somebody actually messaged me, mm-hmm. where should I start? I said, You need to open an account first. If you don't, (laughs) you can't begin. And then there was like, followed by, where, what, how? So tell us, where, how, what?
0: Where, how, what? Well... Oh, oh, this is a securities firm, right? You've you, you got your main, main bank securities, RHS securities, public. So, most firms with these securities at the back, they are... Well,
1: it's regulated, yeah. right? It's regulated. Okay. So, if it's a Bursa member, it's good to go. Yes, correct. Yeah. Correct. So, open an account with them. But there are plethora of choices, right? Because some do online trading, mm. some come with a remiser. Mm. So, you need to know your own. What is your preference? Yes.
0: And I think the trend of these people whenever you do it for online, the argument is that it's very cheap. It's like it is cheap. It's ringgit per trade.
1: But... Or like a very low percentage.
0: Very low. But then you must understand you're on your own. There is really nobody holding your hands. Mm. On the other hand, if you open account with a reminder, meaning to say you execute your trade through a reminder, the advantage is assuming this reminder is a very experienced guy, right? At mm. least you have somebody to guide you and hold your hand. Maybe suddenly you hear some rumors. Hey, this stock is good, and then you decide to jump in. For all you know, Your reminder will be caution you. Hey, this stock is a goring stock. You better don't go in. Right? At mm. least there mm. is some advice and some feedback for somebody to actually hold your hand. Okay. So there's a pros and cons to, to both sides But
1: you pay for the service That's and it, I mean it is a service It is a service you, yeah. you pay
0: higher charges But in
1: return At least there's somebody To guide you Okay so know what Your preference is Do you want somebody To hold your hand Someone to help you do uh, Maybe some admin work When it comes to the stocks mm. Or do you like to do it On your own And you want low fees Then you choose accordingly Now what else Should I consider about Investing, because you know people don't understand this concept of T plus two. Now, you what? know what is a CDS account? Uh, don't short sell. I mean, these are the terms you keep hearing. What's it all about, Cheng?
0: These are all, all, all the mechanism of investing equities, right? Yeah. Mm. T plus two means to say you need to you need to pay you know, on T day. the trading day. You buy something. So Assuming as you buy Maybank today, you have to make payment by. T plus two, or two days after the day or day right. CDS is basically the account that you know, actually holds the security because when you invest in shares it's like a bank account, right? So the account that actually holds all the shares that you own, actually we call it a CDS account. So
1: and you can have multiple broking accounts, right? You're you not limited have. to just one isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, you
0: can have. But all, all we segregated. If you have a assuming you have uh MayBank and RHB account and you invest mm. in both, you have a CDS account with Maybank you have a CDS account with Rhb.
1: I'm I'm ready to invest in stocks. It's it has its fair share of risk. What should I consider before I buy a stock? How do I know that this stock is the right one for me? That this is the stock that is going to give me the returns that I I like?
0: Well, it depends on, on your met- methodology. If you are a trader, right? Mm. Trader technically means I, I don't care about what's the business of a company. I just look at charts, I look at the momentum.
1: Ah. Then if I
0: say, oh, I think you can give me 10% return, I'm going to jump in. So that will be your
1: parameters. Okay, so there are some investors like that. But They're that's, a lot, lot. that's, a lot, that's huh? not easy to do, is it? Yeah, yeah
0: it's, it's quite hard. It's quite hard.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have to say charting in my lifetime. Yeah, challenging. <laughs> okay, what if you're a fundamental investor?
0: You, you have to put in more effort. You have to really put in more work to really understand what is the business, what is the product, you know, what is the competitive advantage, you know, mm. is it sustainable, et etc. et cetera. And ultimately, is it trading at a cheap valuation which is uh, attractive to you?
1: Okay, so we, we alluded to this earlier on. Now, if you're a professional, fine, you have access to the company, mm. you have access to maybe a Bloomberg machine, uh, you, you, your working time, your working life is mm. actually spending analysing these companies. But what if you're an ordinary Joe? You mm. already have a full-time job, mm. but you want to dabble in stocks. I mean, how do you go about knowing enough and be comfortable enough to actually put money in a company? Honestly, it's a full... Invest, I always say investing is a full-time job. It <laughs> is a full-time job. But well, there are some people who can't afford to be a full-time investor. Then what do you do? I mean, how do you, how do you equip yourself to know enough? No, that, that's why I,
0: I, I... Remember the first part I mentioned, right? you mm. willing to allocate a certain amount of time in your daily life. Ah, because okay. That means some sacrifices must come. For example, maybe in the evening or night, you want to dedicate, I'm going to spend two hours every night or three hours every night to actually read about what's happening globally, to study about companies, et cetera, et cetera. Then yeah, equity is for you. But if you're like, no, I'm not going to do any work at night, then really you really need to
1: reconsider whether if going to equities is suitable for you. Can that be possible or do I need to do less homework if I buy selected counters? Um, you know what I mean? Like I choose those stocks which are known to be defensive, mm-hmm. dividend paying, then would I need to pay as much attention? Th- there's really no
0: defensive stocks, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> okay, There are periods where so-called your banks also lost 20-30% over the years, right? Okay. So there's really no, no such thing as defensive stocks.
1: So whatever it is, you need to put in the time, you need to do the homework, you need to do your reading, right? If you're interested in stocks. Unfortunately, yes. And then, <laughs> but a lot of people buy stocks based on what they hear. Mm-hmm. You know, so-and-so told them this, I got a tip from XYZ, What's your advice to investors who perhaps you know one believe in or think that this is the right investing approach?
0: Well, yeah. Remember our time, right? You know, we, we, when we are fund managers, we also receive so-called news from brokers. right? I think the reality is, even at the fund manager level, when we receive the news, it's already at quite the tail end. Yes. So can I imagine when you start to reach your years at the retail level, is. I think the party is already far from, it's already over. Yeah.
1: So verify your information, check, yeah. check, check, check and check again, right? Um, the other thing is that investing is of course an emotional experience mm-hmm. for, for all of us and psychology is something that you know, investing psychology is something you can't ignore. So, how do you go about approaching this? Because even when I look back at my career, some of the worst decisions I made were because I I was like, oh, I'm going to be right. I will be right. I, you know, Eventually, I'll be right when I then turned out to be so wrong. Mm-hmm. So, how do I avoid that? those type of pitfalls? You, you can't.
0: I mean, I, I still do make mistakes. I, I still lose money on some of the stocks. Because of course. As a fund manager, our... Our aim is actually not to have 100% accurate. I mean, we can't. It's impossible. It, right? If yeah. we can, we wouldn't be working. Yes. <laughs> but the whole idea of a portfolio is, at least those that you got it right, mm. is not only compensate but can offset the, the wrong that you have made.
1: But how do you keep your psychology in check? You know what I mean? So that you don't get emotional it, or even too greedy sometimes.
0: I think we must be realistic in our expectation. We must know the fact that we, we can be wrong. You know, we mm. can be, we must really accept that fact. Right, and move on, you know, and and try to find another stocks that can actually perform and compensate.
1: So it for goes back to the question: When do you should you cut loss? When it's wrong? When do you know when it's really wrong? Is there like a criteria? Let's say you tell yourself: Okay, if this stock loses ten, thirty percent, mm. that's it. Mm. Uh, time for me to sell. Mm. I don't care what I hear out there, whatever mm. the management is saying. I'm going to cut loss. Is it important to be disciplined when it comes to investing? Well, again,
0: there are two schools of it. First um, school, they practice. A certain cut loss limit means mm. that what you say. I don't care as long as I fall ten percent. I'm going to exit. Mm. But there are some mine belong to the other camp where I look at the fundamentals, right? Because you no know, share price move up and down, and is there's a big uh, lack of correlation sometimes between what is happening to the fundamental and what's and the share price, mm. right? So what is more important for me? My cut loss will be more of if the company goes wrong. If there's really a wrong assessment of the fundamental of a company
1: or the wrong strategy taken. Correct.
0: Right. So if I Come to a point where I say, hey, you no, know, I, I assess this company wrong, that you no, know, the fundamental is not as good as I think it is, mm. and there's no chance of rebounding in terms of business, right? Okay. Yeah, then I have to take the loss.
1: I mean, I remember some of my own, how I manage it is when I, let's say I buy company A, and I bought it for a particular reason, mm-hmm. and that, mat- that reason never materialized. Mm. That's also a True. time to cut loss, yes. right? To say, look, it's not happening, and the reason why you bought it in the first place, it's not going to happen, so you better just say goodbye to this yes, stock. Yes, agree. So, you need to know firstly why you bought the stock. Yes. And then examine, is that incident ever going to happen? And if not, and it's losing money, yep. there goes your answer, isn't it? Yep. Don't mm-hmm. hope for hope. <laughs> okay. Uh, finally, and of course, actually, we've given you more than 15 tips for uh, 15 things that retail investors should know. But I, I do want to wrap up by asking, what are your top three habits to cultivate for investors? Now, we know one, which is to educate yourself. Correct. Give me another two.
0: Another patience. You really need patience right? Patient in, in various forms right? if, if you let a stock if, if the stock is running too fast If you have no patience You jump in You will end up buying at a high price Or on the other hand If the price is falling And you have no patience to wait You will end up selling Before the, the rebound happens Right, mm. and, and third You must always have uh, the ability to withstand losses.
1: Oh, right. So that means don't borrow, don't do margin.
0: No, no, don't no margin. Actually, I'm I'm I, I, I always advise don't don't always invest with the cash that you have, and uh, never go into margins. Okay. I think banks would don't like to hear this.
1: <laughs> no, it's true. It's very sensible <laughs> advice, right? On that note, thank you for your time today. I'm Rika and Sense was Peter Lim, founder and chief research officer of Trident Analytics and author of the book What I Learned as an Analyst. I'm Wong Xiao Ning, BFM eighty nine point nine.